It is a quirk of modern English that we have but one second-person pronoun. Whether you are addressing one person or a thousand, the word is you. There is no distinction. But the ancient Greek of the New Testament did make a distinction. And the commentaries on today's Gospels are intent on reminding us that when Jesus says, you are the salt of the world, you are the light of the world, the you of the original Greek was plural. And that was only used for emphasis. Now, I don't talk about it very much, but I was born and raised in Mississippi, which means my first language was Southern. <laughs> and in the vernacular of the South, much like biblical Greek, we have a second person plural. Can't you just imagine Southern Jesus? Y'all are the salt of the earth. <laughs> the point is this. Followers of Jesus are only salt and light together. Our gospel reading from Matthew answers some very important questions about identity, questions about Jesus' identity and the identity of his followers. And so as our passage opens, Jesus has taken his new followers to the top of a mountain, and he is in the middle of delivering to them the world's most famous sermon, aptly named the Sermon on the Mount. Now, before Jesus ever utters a word, his choice of a mountain as a setting for this sermon gives us a clue about his identity. Students of the Old Testament will recall that the great Hebrew prophet Moses went up a mountain, Mount Sinai to be exact, to receive the law from God. So here, centuries later, Jesus, standing atop another mountain, identifies himself as the fulfillment of that very same law. And Jesus, this living, breathing Torah, forms this new community around him and bestows upon them an identity. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Now, if we think back to Advent, We'll remember that Matthew has been shedding light on Jesus' identity since before he was born. The angel that appeared to Joseph said, uh, Mary will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And although you may have missed it, this past Thursday was a major feast in the church calendar, the Feast of the Presentation of our Lord Jesus Christ in the Temple, or Candlemas for short. This feast picks up the story where we left off on Christmas after the shepherds have returned to their fields. And it continues to consider questions about Jesus's identity. So 40 days after the birth of Jesus, which is why we celebrated on February 2nd, the Holy Family travels to the temple in Jerusalem. And there, Mary and Joseph present their firstborn son to God to fulfill a requirement of the Jewish law. And in the temple, they meet a righteous old man named Simeon. Now, Simeon had been promised that he would not see death until he beheld the Messiah with his very eyes. So when he sees the infant Jesus, he bursts out into song. 
into a song the church has immortalized as the Song of Simeon, or often known by its Latin name, the Nook Dementis. And in this song, Simeon gives thanks that he has now been set free to go in peace, for his eyes have seen his salvation, a light to enlighten the world and the glory of God's people Israel. In Simeon's song, once again, the question of Jesus' identity is answered for us. He is the Messiah, Israel's glory, a light to enlighten the nations. So now let's come back to that mountain. On this mountain, Jesus, Israel's Messiah, forms a new Israel around him, and he identifies them as salt and light. Now, why of all the metaphors and images in the world Jesus could have chosen did he land on these two? And what exactly do they mean? Well, in the ancient world, salt was precious and valuable. Salt was used not only to to bring out flavor, but also to preserve. This was pre-refrigeration and to purify. So salt was essential for life and for flourishing. And so too is light, of course. Light uh, gives growth, um, warmth. It illumines things that have been hidden. So just as salt and light are critical agents for the growth and flourishing of creation, so too are Jesus' disciples to be agents for the growth and flourishing of the kingdom of heaven. Now, if we pay careful attention to Jesus' words, we'll notice something. He doesn't say to his disciples, I challenge you to become salt and light. He doesn't say to them, I promise you will be salt and light one day in the future if you work really hard. No, he says, you are salt. You are light. These are definitive declarations of grace spoken by Jesus to those disciples gathered on that mountain and to these disciples gathered here today. With these words, Jesus affirms our identity and names our place in his kingdom, just as he does in our baptism when he names us his beloved children. Now, for all this grace, Jesus doesn't leave us without a warning. When he contemplates the possibility of salt without saltiness, his words sting just a little. If salt loses its taste, he says, it is no longer good for anything. Ouch. If we are to live as the body of Christ, If we are to live as Jesus, if we are to live as salt and light, we have to remember our identity. We have to hold each other accountable because salt that has lost its flavor isn't good for anything. So we come here Sunday after Sunday to hear the words of Holy Scripture, to be united to Christ in the Eucharist, to hear the words of the prophet Isaiah who says to us, your light will only shine forth 
like the dawn, when you loose the bonds of injustice, when you let the oppressed go free, when you share your bread with the hungry, and when you bring the homeless poor into your house. To forget this, to forget our identity, to forget who we are and what we were made for is the very essence of sin. To forget that enlivening the world with the salt of Christ's reconciling love is our vocation and our purpose. Far too often throughout the centuries, the church has been guilty of retreating from the world, of turning inward, of putting its light under the bushel basket. But our call is to proclaim the good news of the kingdom, to share with others the abundant life we have in Jesus, to sing with joyful and gladful hearts like Simeon that our eyes have seen our salvation. For like Simeon, we have been set free to go in peace, to be what Jesus assures us we are, to be salt for the earth and light for the world. Thanks be to God for this word of grace that Jesus gives us today. For indeed, it is a word of grace for me, and it is a word of grace for y'all. Amen.